Today on Your Faves Faves, I am sitting down with Laird Hamilton. He is best known as an American big wave surfer and a pioneer in the world of action water sports. When I actually first concepted this show, I pitched Laird as an option because I thought, let's choose a topic that I know literally nothing about surfing. And then let's have someone come on and talk to me about their favorite waves. So that's what we did. We talked about surfing and waves all over the world and the power of the ocean and the beach. We talked about health and marriage and kids and family. And man, we really covered all the topics. So if you enjoyed today's episode as much as I do, be sure and take a screenshot of this episode and tag me and tag Laird on Instagram so we can hear what you thought. This is my conversation with Laird Hamilton. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is your fave space. I was watching a documentary recently, and it was the first time that I understood that there are, and please correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but there are, for lack of a better word, famous waves in different parts of the world. Is that yes. correct? And, and that the different waves, depending on where you are in the world, are sort of good for different things. Like if you want to surf a barrel versus if you want to do aerials, is that accurate information? Or am I, did I hear no, that no, wrong? No, I mean, there's, there's, some, uh, there's some accuracy to that, yes. <laughs> so is there, in, in the history of what you do, is there, do you have favorite waves that you've surfed? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a, you know, I grew up in Hawaii, of course. And so, uh, and the, and the, and the, and the wave that, that had the most influence on me as a child was a wave called Bonsai Pipeline, which is on the North Shore mm -hmm. of Oahu, which is at the time when I was growing up was considered the most dangerous wave in the world. Um, and also this kind of, it was where all the great surfers from all over the world came to kind of test their skills. Since that time, there's a wave in Tahiti called Tehupo that has taken mm -hmm. over from Pipeline, and uh, and that breaks on a barrier reef, and it's a it's a, a left, which you know waves break in different directions. So a right is a wave that if you're right-handed, you would face you would face the wave and go to your left, and a left is a wave that that uh, you would face and and your and you would go to the right with your you know, you'd face it with your left hand, but so, uh, those two, you know, those two waves. And then of course there's a wave that, uh, that we kind of made famous called jaws. That was at the time that yeah, I've heard so of. that, and that's yes. probably one of the, you know, we've ridden some of the largest waves ever surfed there and, and kind of changed the way surfing is, um, after surfing that wave for a long time. Uh, and then, and then there's been some other waves in the world that have come out because of that, because we developed uh, a, a technique for catching the waves with using jet skis. Well, first we, first mm -hmm. we used Zodiacs, like Navy SEAL uh, Zodiacs, and we would tow each other onto these waves and catch them because you couldn't really physically catch them. And, uh, and then that technique kind of opened up some other places uh, that, that wouldn't have been surf without it. And then, and then, so then you have Cortez banks, uh, which is, um, about 125 miles, uh, west of Los Angeles out in the middle of the ocean. And there's another wave, uh, now in Portugal called Nazare, which 
is the way of getting a lot of attention because they somebody took it upon themselves to 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 think that the front of the height of the wave was in the most important reading and so now we're getting people trying to break the world record and and uh and all that kind of stuff but you know for me the ocean uh i mean not only is it where all life came from and 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 without it we wouldn't even be exist on earth the amount of diversity of, of ocean life is far exceeds anything on land and it's the power of the ocean you know it's been carving the earth for I mean, water, you can cut a diamond with water. So, you know, kind of has a few things a little deeper than just riding a wave. But, but you know, wave riding is a relationship with the ocean. So that's how I developed my, my initial relationship with the ocean was, you know, being in Hawaii, surrounded by ocean, and then, and then, being, and then having the fortunate uh, opportunity to be raised at a place that was at the time and still to this day is one of the premier waves in the world to for a surfer to kind of test their skills and, and, uh, you know, make, make their mark, as I would say. Where on Oahu did you grow up? Um, I, well, I lived in the North shore where, where pipeline is. Oh, you did yeah. live there. When okay, I was wow. real, when I was a little, when I was real young and then, and then I would, uh, come back to it throughout the years as I, as I grew up, I moved, I moved to another outer Island when I was a little older Um actually not that yeah. much older, but but I would come back and surf, surf Oahu because that was the, you know, that's the, they call it the seven, seven mile miracle, which is just has a bunch of really famous, you know, they have Waimea Bay where they have the Eddie Aikau and they have Sunset Beach and Pipeline. And there's just a, you know, a bunch of really great breaks for, for surfers. But now I try to avoid most of those places just because there's. I'm sure. I'm sure. I can't imagine. I, you know, I'm curious because I know that you you truly invented that technique of of catching those bigger waves by taking out the jet ski and 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 towing out to them. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, well, that's a, it. Was a technique that a, a group of us developed. There was a, I had a couple friends, and we were we had been windsurfing in really giant waves, and and understood that you know we could get on giant swells uh, with power, and so it was just it made sense for us wanting to pursue the the bigger surf. I mean, we just you know, we, we, that was kind of a, it still continues to be a frontier. You know, it's, I think it's kind of a human thing. It's like, why does everybody want to go to space? It's because it's a frontier. I think we have, it's, it's, right. it's, a, it's kind of a, something in our DNA. It's like in our, in our psyche to pursue the unknown or pursue the, you know, push the boundaries. And this is probably the dumbest question ever, but are you afraid when you're facing a wave that big? Do you have any Absolutely, fear? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, okay. You feel fair. Yeah. You just move forward. Me, anyway. I mean, I get nauseous when I even think it could be big somewhere else in the world and I'm going to go there. So, um, God. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I, I listen, I'm, I'm under the belief that fear is a sign of intelligence. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of, you know, you, if you're scared, uh, means you're probably, you know, and, and there's something to be scared about. I mean, there's fear. An object, right. you know, to, to have fear and be fearful is something that's been instrumental in our survival. So, you know, if you didn't know things were dangerous, you would have got eaten. That's something that, you know, that we've had built into us uh, from the beginning or, or evolved into us out of, out of necessity just to survive. I mean, I think it's, that's, so th- that's a, a pivotal piece of, of the instrument. You know, it's just what you do with that. I think that separates a lot of people with, you know, how you respond in, in, in the, in the, in the moment of, of being scared or having fear. And, you know, 
I, I, so I think that everybody operates differently. I think, but I think it's, it's for anyone to say that they're not scared. I, that I, that scares me. <laughs> right, right. So then, how do you get yourself to move forward? I, I mean, obviously, most people who are listening to this are not trying to be a big wave surfer, but we all have our yeah. version of be just having a conversation Josh, with somebody. Right? You know, I mean, it's as simple as that. People, yes. people are are blocked by their fear. You know, a part of it is the unknown, and and I think it's a big piece of of dealing with fear is facing it, is just confronting mm-hmm. it, right? Like, because the unknown is always more scary than the known, and so you know, you you almost always hear somebody when they're, you know, maybe they're scared to have a conversation with somebody, and then they uh, they're but they're scared too, and they don't, and then they all and just they in their brain makes up all these scenarios and all this all this stuff. But once they actually, you know, confront the person or say, hey, or how do you, it ends up not being as bad as they thought it was. And they're like, wow, why didn't I see something earlier? And I mean, you know, how many times have you heard that kind of thing? So, um, and I think that's true with most situations that are dangerous is that, you know, uh, if you, if you're scared of something or, 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 or situation, I, I think it's, you know, it's important to, to know more about it, to understand it. And to know that having a, that reaction is completely natural that for you to have uh, some kind of visceral reaction to, to a situation is completely normal. And so as soon as you accept that as something that just is happens normally and it's okay, that kind of takes some of the thunder out of it. And then, and then again, always, uh, you know, the knowing makes it less fearful as well. I mean, you just, it ends up, you know, it just takes a lot of the punch out of it. Once you, you know, it's, it, it, the unknown, you know, fear of the unknown. That's the thing, right? It's how much, how much does preparation make it possible for you to move forward in a situation like that? Well, pre- preparation, preparation is, in my opinion, uh, a way to build confidence, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, the more prepared you are, the more confident you are. Now, it doesn't mean that you're right. falsely confident, but but if you if you're doing everything in your power to Know that what there is to know, be prepared for what there is to that you're going to encounter. Chances are, you know, you're, you're going to go in a lot more comfortable than if you have doubt. You know, I mean, doubt and preparation helps eliminate doubt. Right. So I just, you know, you use it like a tool. And, you know, the more you prepare, the less doubt you have, the more confident you are and the, and the, and the more uh my dad used to have a great saying when I was young, you know, when you're wrong, you put your head down and take your punishment like a man. But when you're right, you keep your head up and, you know, and you, and you, and you stand your ground, but there's something to be said about, you know, when you've done what you need to do uh, and prepare for something that confidence should eliminate doubt and bring you, it doesn't mean that there's not something you always have a little, that little thing in the back of your head, throwing questions at you and, and, and throwing doubt at you. And, and, and part of that, I believe is, is a way for you to really kind of embrace your, what you're, what you're doing and what you believe, like how, what's your conviction? You know, it's like, how convicted are you? How much conviction do you have? And, and I think that that's a, you know, when, when you have the little doubt voice come in and you're prepared and you, and, and, and you've done what you need to do to be ready for the situation as best you know how, and, and with all of your, you know, with all of your understanding. And, you know, I always say there's three ways people go about doing dangerous situ- things, which by the way, driving down the road is dangerous. 
living is a dangerous game. Let's get that straight right from the beginning. And being alive is dangerous. Dying's easy. And so we're all in a dangerous game. I think it's just some things are more obvious, uh, obviously dangerous than other ones. And, and yeah. in a way, I like those because those are it's more honest. You can see it. There it is. And you're not you know, you're not wondering how dangerous it is and where the, and where the danger lies. I mean, you can see it. Like if it's, if the surf's giant, you can see the wave, you know where the wave is. You have a pretty understanding right. of what the wave's doing, but you know, the three things that normally kind of encircle things that are dangerous are that you're, you know, you're operating somewhere within your experience. You have a denial or you're ignorant. And then there's a combination of all those, but you're either you have no idea what you're doing. You're in denial, which is, you know, you shouldn't, or, you know, it's above your skill, but you're going anyway. And then you're, and then the other one is your skill and your understanding and you kind of are operating with what you know. And so, um, and, and then you have pieces, you know, maybe you got a lot of skill, a little bit of denial and a little bit of, you know, of ignorance. Maybe you got a lot of ignorance, hardly any skill and, 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 and uh, some denial, you know, <laughs> so I think that it's, you know, that's, that's usually the uh, the collaboration of the three. Yeah, what you know, you talked about this idea of uh, preparation and being prepared, and you also mentioned health as something that you're really passionate yes. about. And I think pretty famously, and I hope that this word is okay, but you are you're you're intense about how you take on physical challenges. At right, does that does that feel accurate? Sure. Okay. No, I, 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 we you talk about that? <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I guess I, sometimes when I hear that, I'm like, and then I go, I guess I am intense. And, uh, I, you know, I think when you can be an intense person and not necessarily for you, you're just being how you are. And then somebody goes, wow, you're, really intense. you're, you're like, you, you don't yeah. walk around like, wow, I'm really intense. But when somebody says to you, you're intense, then you think, and right. you're like, yeah, I guess I could be perceived as being intense. I just, I feel like I've read, I want to say, oh God, whose book is it where he talks about working out with you? Oh, I'm forgetting his name Conner? right now. But, is it Conner, um, Stephen Conner? No, um, it's another podcaster based here in Austin. Why can't I think of his name? Um, oh, it's, it, it's escaping yeah. me. But I feel like he, I, I feel like I remember him talking about going to your house and there was like a group of people, maybe like you have friends come over and I, I don't even remember exactly what it was, but I was like, what the? Yeah. hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there was stuff underwater <laughs> so how did that even come to be how did that start uh well like all good things you know they they kind of evolve you know i think for i think what what i try to do is uh i try to i you know again back to preparation and trying to be prepared and you know the the, the fact is is that that we as an organism really, really benefit from stress. I mean, we, and so much so that I think that we subject ourselves to stress, even when it's not healthy, because there's obviously healthy stress and unhealthy stress. And so, you know, mm. uh, like going to, going to a horror film uh, is stressful and probably not the healthiest stress where doing uh, an ice tub or an intense kind of breath holding uh, underwater breath holding routine or being in a really hot environment or those are those are stress as well but probably more productive on the system so uh, in the mm -hmm. way I think it, you know we we do we operate well and so for me I feel like that's a you know there's a it's a way to train so we try to create certain kinds of I say beneficial stress systems in order to kind of help us prepare for you know stressful situations that we might be in or just the stress of living and being alive, which 
especially nowadays, but it's always pretty stressful. Giving <laughs> is a pretty stressful game. Well, and I think that there's something incredibly powerful about stress that you mm. choose, you know, doing things like you're actually choosing we as human beings are going to go through all kinds of pain in our life. And there's something powerful about a pain that you choose, meaning, you know, I, I'm a long distance runner and there are times where that is very painful and it feels like I can't keep going. And I'm choosing that to remind myself that there's going to be a time where there's a pain I don't have control over. And if you can overcome the pain that you chose well, you can for damn sure overcome this thing too. Congratulations. <laughs> but how did you start like people coming to you? Do they, do people reach out and go like, Hey man, can I, can I train with you? Can I hold a boulder under water with you and learn to hold my breath? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think you probably are w- a, a very aware of this in your life and, and, you know, like minds think alike, but you, you seem to attract, you know, is that Paratio's law where you just, you know, you just attract certain things or, you know, you're, you're drawn to, you're drawn to people. They're drawn to you. I think there's a, there's a combination, um, uh, of that and, and, uh, curiosity, you know, curious, people are curious. Um, you're around like-minded people and then they have friends and they're like, huh, and you, what did you hear about this? And then like, and then at the end, I think it, it people's re- response to the, to being exposed to certain things that we're doing or certain things in general, you know, you, you show want to share it with somebody, Hey, you try something you like, you're like, Hey, you gotta try this. It's great. You know, you really appreciate it. And so I think it's some, I think that that's a piece of it as well. Right. I think it's a, a piece of it is that, that we're, it's kind of like word of mouth, you know, where you get out there and, and, and people benefit and then they enjoy it. And, and then it just expands from there. So uh, it, it happens pretty naturally. I think it, it, people get drawn to it. And, and if anything, it's, it's more, sometimes there's, there's more of the, you can't just have everybody uh, and just, and, and open things completely wide open. Cause then you're not, you don't allow the opportunity for the people that you'd really maybe like to, to experience it that maybe haven't had the opportunity and you don't even know who they are yet, but you just can't, you can't fill it right. up. So there's like a, a double edge, there's a double edge sword to it, but it, I think it's, it has a lot to do with word of mouth. It has a lot to do with people like I said, experiencing it, enjoying it and going, Hey, can I bring my friend? And then his friend tells his other friend about it. And the friend goes, Oh, you got to go over there and try that. And, you know, and then some of it comes from obviously uh, a, a few myself and, and Gabby and, and other people that are attracted to it, that people look to and go, Hey, what they got something going on. What are they doing? Let me go. I'd like to, you know, I'm curious what they're doing. And, and then there's, you know, and then it's out there in the media as well, so that there's a multi-pronged approach to what's happening. Uh, you talked about this idea of your circle and and the people who are in your circle, and then people sort of coming into your environment. And I'm curious, when you started surfing, it was little boy on Oahu, and you start surfing, and you started to grow to a place where you got attention. You know, first I'm going to assume that's locally, and then you start competing, and it grows. Was this a sport that, like, this is a very odd question, but I'm just curious, like, have you enjoyed the fame that comes with what you do? Or would you have been happy? I mean, obviously, there are blessings inside of that fame, like we get that. But I mean, just the, you talked about this idea of like, oh, I can't surf those waves. Or if I do surf those waves, maybe you're going to get a bunch of surfers wanting to take a selfie and talk to you. And 
Like, would it have been a more sacred practice for you to get to be in the ocean and continue surfing and not have been known for it and not have any fame? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think the most important thing, at least for me is, is knowing that I just love, I love it. I do it ultimately for me at the end of the day and that it really brings me great Mm -hmm. happiness and I can go somewhere and there can be, you know, me and a friend and that's all I need. I'm good. And and it works and I can be be fulfilled from it. I don't need cheering audience. I don't need accolades to say, Hey, great. And, but, but I know that, that without having the fame or the celebrity or whatever you want to say, I don't know if I would have been able to, to pursue it the way I've been able to pursue it and really evolve the way I've been able to evolve. And so that's the thing too, is that, you know, I mean, I always say, you know, I subsidize, you know, my tractor work with surfing, but I would have subsidized my surfing with tractor work. The point is, is that that having sponsors and being supported allowed me to focus on my training, allowed me to focus on my surfing, allowed me to evolve into other sports. It allowed me all these things. So I have to be thankful for that. And then I can't also be surprised if people go, Hey, I want a picture. Can you sign something? I have to be thankful for that and appreciative and be like, wow, that's unbelievable. You know? Yes. And I, and you know what? And maybe there's, I think because of that, I don't, it doesn't offend me. I know John McEnroe and uh, the tennis player. And he, he, he's, you know, he said to me one time we were, we had a conversation. He was like, don't mind it if somebody wants your picture, but he goes, but start worrying when they stop. And so, you know, there's something to be said about that, right? Like, like, hey, don't mind it. But when they don't want your picture anymore, maybe means you're not, you know, you're not relevant or, or you're definitely not going to have a sponsor. So there's something to be said about that, you know, it's like, and and so I think it's, I I think it's pretty hypocritical when people do something in the meet, you know, and, and are known for it. And then they're offended that people come up during their meal. It's like, Hey, if you don't want somebody to bother you doing your meal, just stay home and stay at home. Stay home. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, right. But, you know, talking about you have this because of the access of the resources that you have, you, you were able to pursue this thing. And it made me think of, again, please correct me if I'm wrong, because my knowledge is through documentaries I've watched on airplanes. But it feels like there have been incredible advances in surfing and big wave surfing after hundreds of years of the sport existing and kind of not evolving that much. Like it feels like in the last several decades, like I, I know the idea of being towed into a wave. And then I watched another documentary about, I don't remember where it is, but it was almost like a life vest, but it sort of went around your neck. A surfer created this because one of his friends had passed away. He hit his head in the wave. And then now if the, if you go to a certain pressure in the water, it automatically inflates and brings you to the surface. Do you know what I'm talking about? They have pull vests. You know, we were, we, we, so that's something that, I mean, first of all, a lot of, we, you know, when we first started, we were wearing, we weren't, we were just wearing surf shorts. And then one of our, one of our friends had, uh, he was the only one with kids at the time and his wife wouldn't let him go out, uh, with us unless he were a Coast Guard certified flotation device. Cause she said that if he died, that they, that she needed the body, otherwise she wouldn't be able to collect the life insurance. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> it's my kind of woman but but the, so we were so we had already played with with that and then we played with some self-inflated where you pull and it would blow up like a big hippity hop like a big rubber ball to take you up to the surface manually but now they actually mm-hmm. build patagonia 
uh, and, and, and a couple other companies build these internal vests that, that have CO2 cartridges that have handles. And so you pull, wow. you pull and then they inflate and they bring you up. And, you know, and, and the fact is, is that the jet ski technique to rescue people, some of the things that have been developed are allowing us to be a little more courageous because it's create, it's eliminating some of the risk because we're, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we have flotation devices on, we can pull it, we have jet skis that can come in and get us. And so we have some of that. And then a lot of it has to do with jet skis are a fairly new instrument. They're, they're incredibly, you know, there are helicopters for the mountains, like, you know, how a helicopter is in the mountains. For oh, yeah, that's So true, is yeah. a jet ski and the giant surf. And so there, there are version of a helicopter and then carbon fiber and, and all the technology around materials that makes things evolve. And, and the truth be known, I, you know, the fact is, is that part of it is we have some of the time that we have, that we have the, the time and the resources to dedicate towards working on a lot of this stuff and, and not just having to go out into a field and farm, you know, potatoes to survive. And so, I, <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, it's like some of the stuff comes no, down to luxury, no. like, hey, you know, hey, we get all this stuff. Like, oh, yeah, because well, you're, you're not having to go build shelter and, and survive. So I think that the, some of it comes out of that. So it's a combination of a, a of a few different things, I think, have has done that, has has kind of made made some evolutions, you know, like with our hydrofoils. I mean, we ride these hydrofoils now that just completely revolutionized the way we use the wave's energy and, and it's 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 the new frontier. And and so now we have boards that lift up and fly off the water. And I mean, so there's so there's all kinds of, you know, as technology it kind of evolves. And, and I was talking to somebody about this you know, yesterday, just about, because we have these electric powered hydrofoil boards that we use that have electric batteries and they fly around for an hour. You can just fly on these little hovercrafts. And I'm, it's like, I'm like, now, if you want to talk about something good to use technology for, this is what's good. Like we can go out and have a really right. good time. It's super fun. It doesn't hurt the environment. It's the fun. You know, you just, it's just a great experience. It's like, this is where tech, in my opinion, this is a good use of technology. Now there's, well, not everywhere yeah. that we're using technology is good, but this is one, you know, having fun. Yes. Is there anything, like, is there a, a spot you haven't surfed that you want to? Is there something on the water that you, like, have the vision that you're going to do? Like, is yeah. there is yeah, yeah. there a, a vision yeah. for it what's goes. It's keep going. I think it's important, you know, there's a, a famous quote from, uh, a quote from the anonymous stuntman, the author, and it says, never let your memories be bigger than your dreams. And, uh, and I, and that's, for me, I live by that. Like I live by that, that concept that, you know, there's more to be done than's ever been done. Uh, there's more work to do than there will ever be done. And you, and I just think that, that you have to continue to, to be inspired and you have to co- continue to look for the future. I mean, the good thing for us in the ocean or not the good, maybe this is the good and the bad news. It's like the good and the bad news. The good news is you can't just get it on any day whenever you want it, because we need the ocean to create these waves. I mean, now we have wave pools that make waves, but they're not the kind of waves that I want until we make, you know, until you have a wave machine that makes a hundred foot wave, not going to be quite as. So, <laughs> so, but the truth is, is that, that the ocean has to produce it. A storm has to make the swell. It has to arrive at a place. It has all these variables that make it something very special. And because of that, uh, it makes it very elusive, very difficult to, to, mm. to get. And I think that is one of the things that will keep us pursuing, because if it was just easy, 
then we'd all do it and it wouldn't be that great. So right. there's something about that. And, uh, and the truth is because of the, these new devices that we have, that we, the way we can use the waves energy, now we have the ability to, to ride waves in a way that we never have, which means that there's waves that we haven't really even looked at through these lenses that will bring interest. So we'll be interested. I mean, there'll be a place that, that, that we don't know about yet that's going to could be the spot that does something magic and because of full hydrofoils we're able to ride these waves and you know do some do some amazing things and and uh, which is great in a world that becomes more and more populated because now we have new frontiers and so whenever you can have a new frontier within the space that we've occupied uh that's a great thing and so Right. So that's, that's kind of the gist of it. But, you know, I always like those elusive goals, you know, those things that just always kind of shift like you, you know, you get to the top of that peak, but then you look and you're like, oh, there's another peak and that one looks higher. You go down in the valley right. and you got to go back right. up. And so something about that. Are there any projects that you're working on that we should definitely talk about? The continued pursuit for, for uh, excellence. You know, I think that, I think that that's something that we all can, the thing we're talking about is is that people should find the thing that they're inspired by and, and pursue excellence. I think there's something very satisfying about becoming masterful at something that you really enjoy, whether it's piano or poetry or ceramics or, you know, riding 80 foot, 100 foot waves or whatever it is that rings your bell. Because I think at the end, I think that that can contribute to your happiness your con- or just even your contentment and fulfillment, which will trickle into the lives of all the people that you touch, your family, your children, your friends, your everybody around you. And I think that that, you know, and part of that is health. I think the pursuit of health as a, as a lifelong endeavor and not just like, oh, you know, time to get healthy because, you know, we have a pandemic. No, it's time to get healthy just to period, just for life that we need to pursue health and to be healthier so that we can endure these situations like, like we're having right now, because not everybody is, is capable of doing that. And and that's, that's scary. That's a, that's, you know, there's, there's a lot of fear in that. And people, I think a lot of people are really scared right now and uh, which rightfully so they should be. And so um, I think it's important to, to, to work on that, having better knowledge of, of all of it. Again, it's back to what we were talking about, about a better, about having an understanding and a better knowledge of what's going on, have a better understanding of your body and your health, have a better understanding of what's happening in your world outside of you, have a better understanding of what's going on the road. Don't look at your, down at your, your block. You know, yeah. <laughs> things just happen. You know, it's, I believe that life is a formulaic process and I think there's formulas that you can implement to any aspect. And one of them is just becoming just more aware that we just need to be more aware of what we're putting in our mouth, what we're watching, what we're reading, what we're listening to, you know, what we're breathing, where we're, you know, the road, the people, the just, it's, we need to right now more than ever. That's what I'm working on right now. That's what I'm trying to, trying to, to, to continue to do. It's, it's, it's not easy. All the distractions of life and, and everything that's, we're being bombarded by every minute of every day. And, and so it, it takes a real consorted effort. And I think it's important to, to be around people that are doing that and use, help them give you energy and strength so you can continue to pursue your, your path. And that's my, uh, that's my perspective. I love that. 
Laird, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me. I sincerely appreciate you letting me ask really stupid questions about surfing. Um, were, I, um, I absolutely enjoyed it. Okay, good. Okay, Let's good. be clear on that. That wasn't, those weren't. Those okay, were, good. Those, okay, those good. Were, well, hey, if people are listening and they want to find out more about what you're working on, are you on socials or yeah, websites? Yeah, we're on or social. We I mean, uh, Laird Superfood. You can find out a lot about, about what we got going on with around nutrition and all of health and wellness, that stuff. We have XPT, which is training and lifestyle fitness stuff too. And then um, those are those are the kind of the corporate kind of things around what we have going on. Then there's Laird, uh, Hamilton, you know, and then, and then I have Take Every Wave and the latest book I have was Life Rider. And there's always some little piece, some new thing going on that we're just, you know, because we're, yeah, I would watch uh, Gabby's podcast. I get to, I get the fortune of, of being a guest appearance. Yeah, she, she just called me in every once in a while yeah. for some, something not too, not too uh, mentally taxing. <laughs> Challenging right? for you, yeah. Like, are you guys in Hawaii or are you in uh, Cali? We're, we're in California right now. You've been. Okay been here for a little bit i've been moving a teeny bit here and there you know i was just in i was i was in new york but we've been we've been here we'll probably be back in hawaii coming up in, around the new year we just there's been a lot of work stuff and then just family stuff we got yeah we got daughters pursuing you know school and careers and you know all that kind of stuff so we're we're uh and the ocean's being totally uncooperative right now so i'm just kind of oh okay oh it's not it's not good for surfing okay good to know the atlantic has a huge a huge swell and i'm i'm kind of looking at it out of the side of my head but you're gonna miss them and you're gonna get them so it's part of that's what you learn with your that's what you learn with the ocean that teaches you how to be patient whether you like it or not so uh i have a place on oahu And so I'm very excited. I'm going, I have a few more weeks okay. here and then I'm going to go there for a week by myself and just sit on the beach because, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't been easy to get there. And if you were there, then you had to be in quarantine. And so I'm so excited yeah, they, to, to go back. Opened and just up. It's still a little tricky with the, with the, you know, getting, I mean, it's open, but you got to, but sometimes the coordination of getting COVID tested and then getting results and going. Right make it a little it's not it's not just like okay get in the plane fly there and easy yeah. peasy yeah totally but, but it's definitely doable especially for the reward of being in hawaii so honestly i'm super excited but seriously thank you so much yeah. for the time yeah. i'm going to check out both the things i'm going to check out the fitness and the super yeah. food stuff yeah. because i want to i want to know yeah. it all but yeah have a fantastic weekend and i hope that someday we get to meet in real life and shake hands in a world where that's allowed well, you know it's going to happen yeah i believe that happen. i believe that happen. so right away we'll right away we'll get you on a wave oh that would be amazing well, I, I appreciate <laughs> all right, it have an awesome day thank you yeah thank Aloha. you your faves faves is hosted by me rachel hollis The show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with production support from Sterling Coates. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Your Faves Faves is a 3% chance production.